Welcome to Simply Cyber. everybody let's do this good morning folks today is december 19th 2022 it's a monday welcome to episode number 264 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i'm your host dr gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes i'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. We're going to have a good time today. But before we get into it, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Starting with our good friends, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Starting with our good friends, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Got a hot hand over here with the, with the uh, mouse clicks. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil but barricade cyber solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber cyber incidents know that eric taylor he's been on the channel multiple times many of you know him he's legit it's his company they can help you check him out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below this is what the website looks like if you scroll down you can meet with eric taylor it's very very simple it's not super complicated Boom. Pick a day, pick a time, get on his calendar, have a call, talk about it. He did say in a live stream that most people call him after they've been hit by ransomware or hit by malware, and they're trying to scatter around and figure out what they need to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that, just keep it in mind, I guess, but I will tell you, an ounce of prevention, folks. If you do it in advance, uh, you won't have that adrenaline dump. Also want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor, Recon Infosec, Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion, aka Shortstack, the whole gang over there doing great work. If you're looking for help to augment your IT or security team with a fantastic managed detection and response service, MDR, I encourage you to consider Recon Infosec. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. One of the best things about Recon's MDR service is that they provide direct access to the Recon team of experienced SOC analysts, engineers, architects, anytime, for any reason. You don't have to pay extra. They don't, they don't have it as a secondary professional services. Some MDR services will bake it in tricky like that, and it's not good, all right? This is the top, the, this is on top, excuse me, of a fully managed SIM SOAR, which has all of your organization's data piping into it, right? It gives you full visibility into your own environment, as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon SOC team. Unlike many of the big commodity MDR providers that offer big promises and little value, Recon MDR takes security first approach and provides real answers in effective defense. Reconinfosec.com, link in the description below. That's really uh, two great companies. We got a great show for you, everybody. Reminder, if you hold a professional certification that requires CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat and document literally the easiest, I would argue, the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. I see a super chat coming in here. Randock Gaming. 
What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks so much, Randock. Good morning to you where you are. Guys, if you're live like Randock is, good morning. I see a lot of squad members up in here. Thanks to Barricade Cyber for sponsoring 200 squad members last week. Jeez, blowing it up. Take advantage of those emotes. We got emotes for days. I have not put Hackerman keyboard in there. I'll tell you why in a second. But if you're on uh, live, stick with us. If you're team replay, hashtag team replay in the comments. Make sure you document that you were here in the comments, okay? Thanks for catching the stream. Reminder, y'all, you can listen to the podcast on an audio podcast app of choice. The show gets bundled up right after we end every day and put out on, you know, the internets uh, and shows up on audio format. So check that out if that's more convenient for you. I'm up here trying to spit information and help you uh, with your professional goals. So if it's audio for you, let's do audio. No, no problem. Okay. All right. Now, if you want to jump to the news team replay, just skip ahead. But if you're team live, what's up? I do want to spend a minute and welcome everybody. Good morning, Will Reed. Good morning, Lucy Samuel. Hey, Alex. Good to see you naturally me. Hit that like button. Thank you, Matt McDaniel. Not only IT is eating all over the place. Are you so dumb? No, no. That's the wrong one. <laughs> there we go. Hey, good to see you, uh, D. O'Neill. Love it, love it, love it. Brett Bowen. Good morning, Cyber. Jerry Jr. Love it. Guys, we're going into the final week before the big holiday. Reminder, this is uh, something I decided last night. Monday, December 26th is a holiday for Simply Cyber. There will be no show on Monday, December 26th, all right? Programming note. Just be wary of that. Most people aren't aren't going to um, be working. I will, you know, try to take a, a holiday. Uh, I'll explain why I didn't put Hackerman keyboard during the mid roll. Uh, it's it's it, he he will be coming to the emotes. Don't worry. But it's just I, I worked I worked probably like sixteen hours this weekend on a different project, and it's ready. And I'm going to reveal it to you. So uh, <laughs> so we'll get into that. All right. Looks like we're almost at time. Nathan Blair, good morning to you. BSEC, love it. Tony Roy, not only IT. James Udokudo, good to see you. Love the hacker man. What's up, LinkedIn people? Good to see you. Let's have some coffee, shall we? Where's your Christmas gift? Mmm. So good. Yep, the meme is done. I haven't seen it yet, though. I haven't seen it. I, I, I Yeah. All right, let's get some more coffee. Let's get some more go juice. Also, before I start the show, y'all, actually, I'll start the show and then I got to take the sweatshirt off. Holy crap. It's like 40 degrees where I'm at, but where I'm uh, like outside where I'm standing, it's like 150 degrees starting to sweat my butt off. Hold on one second. All right, now we're good. All right, let's get into the news, everybody. Sit back, relax. Let's have some fun, shall we? From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022. CISA says Russia's fancy bear infiltrated U.S. satellite network. Researchers at CISA recently discovered suspected Russian hackers lurking inside a U.S. satellite network, raising fresh concerns about Moscow's intentions to infiltrate and disrupt the rapidly expanding space economy, a threat they made publicly in October. While details of the attack are scant, researchers are blaming this most recent incident on the Russian military group known as Fancy Bear, or APT-28, which had been in the victims' networks for months. The satellite network intrusion came from the exploitation of a 2018 vulnerability found in an unpatched virtual private network, giving its hackers the ability to scrape all the credentials with active sessions. All right. So a couple things here. A couple things here. What? <clears throat> wow. Okay. So the news is uh, Russia hacked a satellite network. Okay. So that so that's the TLDR. So like water cooler talk or whatever. Now the bigger thing here is that one. Um, there is a growing focus on space. Obviously, we see private industry like um, Elon and Bezos with their private space tourism industry thing. We see um, 
uh, Elon with his like satellite link uh, or whatever they call it, like basically GPS internet um, or not GPS, satellite internet. Um, okay, so I wouldn't say like, I don't know, guys. To me, like, I don't think of space as this rapidly growing economy. It's not like I did part of my Christmas shopping in orbit. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's a little hyperbolic of them to push. But but it doesn't make it okay that hackers are hacking into satellite networks, okay? Now, a couple of things to point out here. One, the government, the U.S. government, has um, sponsored a program called Hackasat. Uh if you if you're not familiar with this, it's kind of like a bug bounty program. It's like a bug bounty program. I think it was a private only, like so invite only. You can see they've got Hackasat 4 coming up in April 2023. So they've done it for three years. It's been a very successful experience, a very successful program. They're finding vulns. Now, here's the thing. Like obviously the government is uh U.S. government is interested in protecting satellites, right? Like they wouldn't be sponsoring this program if they weren't concerned about it. And Russia has hacked into it. Now, here's the thing. Two things. One, Russia exploited a 2018 vulnerability in a VPN that was able to allow them to scrape active session creds, okay? That is not a satellite vulnerability, okay? It's just the tech that was used to connect to the satellites, okay? Right. So so I don't want anyone to confuse or conflate that like this is Moonraker and some elite level James Bond villain is hacking into like the satellite as it passes by. It's like, oh, like, hold on, point point the Pringles can at the ISS and wait for it to pass over and then we're going to hack into it. No, that's not what happened here. There's a network connection into these satellite network and there was a vuln that allowed them to scrape it. Now. It doesn't make it any better. Okay. But it's 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 worth noting, okay? Like the actual what's really going on here. It was not some elite zero day thing. It was a four-year-old vulnerability. Now, I, I'm kind of irritated that there was a four-year-old vulnerability in place for access to this type of network, especially if the US government is so proactive about trying to close vulns on satellites, right? Like a, a four-year-old bug that could be exploited remotely should have been discovered in this competition already, right? So I think that there may be some misalignments of scope on these pro on these programs, but anyways, uh, it's not good, right? It's not good. We don't we don't want threat actors. I don't care if they're Russian or you know uh, you know United States. Like you don't want threat actors up in your systems, especially your satellite network. But again, I don't think of um, the, the the space economy as like this like. It's not the internet, you know, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being um, simple-minded, but. Google introduces end-to-end -end encryption for Gmail on the web. Google made this announcement on Friday that allows enrolled Google Workspace users to send and receive encrypted emails within and outside their domain. Client-side encryption was already available for users of Google Drive, Google Docs, Sheets, Slides, Google Meet, and Google Calendar in beta. But once enabled, Gmail client-side encryption will ensure that any sensitive data delivered as part of the email's body and attachments, including inline images, cannot be decrypted by Google servers. But the email header, including subject, timestamps, and recipients lists, will not be encrypted. Okay, so way to go, Google. Um, putting in an encryption, this is a great security control. It's very much um, a client service type control. Um, you know, basically asserting to customers of Google's, you know, product suite, like Gmail, Drive, you know, uh, Docs, whatever, that they have their data protected and that Google cannot get to it. And it, not just Google, but if Google gets compromised, whether it's an insider threat at Google or it's APT28, Fancy Bear, they, 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 they go from satellites to Google servers. Presumably, if they get in and dump data, if there's a ransomware and they exfil or whatever, like Google, you won't be able to get access to your data. Now, you might be thinking, well, initially I was like, okay, like what, what is the reason, right? Like I'm so cynical. Great cash, homie. What is the reason? I'll tell you why, I, or I suspect, okay? Google has been making a push slowly but surely to 
be a real competitor to Microsoft Office 365. Okay. They are, they are, you know, they are good. I, I've used both Office 365 and Google. I think they call it Workspaces is like the official for business product suite. This to me, this is good pub because they're like, we love privacy and we take your security seriously. Um, which is, you know, this, this is actually uh, rubber hitting the road, but it's also um, assurance and uh, a nice marketing tool for marketing to businesses to come over to Google Workspaces. Hey, come use Google Workspaces. We can't even access your email. You, you, like, there's secure, like we have security. We take security seriously, right? Guys, we work in security, so we see it all the time. And maybe I'm a little deaf to it, but right now, like cyber incidents are, are all the rage, right? Like every business is getting punched in the mouth. So marketing what, what you're doing for your clients to be more secure is a great is a great way to sell your product, right? So that's what I think is actually happening here. But I do appreciate it. I am a Google user. So it, like in m many, many um, different ways. So I appreciate that they're doing this. It obviously you get all the value without any of the friction, right? It's not like I have to issue a PGP key and start signing my emails. It just happens, right? Which is the best. It's not often guys in our world where you can get additional risk reduction without introducing friction to your end user, okay? Like that's the, the dream, right? The dream, that's why, that's why people love um, the face unlock on the phone because it's barely friction but it is security, right? Like, it, you know, like it's barely friction, meaning it's super convenient. Usually you have to trade off some level of usability in order to introduce security, like MFA, right? People are like, oh my God, I gotta do, I gotta do two things. This is killing me, brah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta reboot my phone to apply patches. Oh, right. People always complain about that. This, you get security without any friction. Good job. NSA cyber director warns of Russian digital assaults on global energy sector. Rob Joyce said Thursday he remains concerned about significant cyber attacks from Russia, warning that Moscow could unleash digital assaults on the global energy sector in the coming months. He said, quote, I would not encourage anyone to be complacent or be unconcerned about the threats to the energy sector globally. As the Ukraine war progresses, there are certainly the opportunities for increasing pressure on Russia at the tactical level. Joyce said there was an enormous amount of activity in cybersecurity this year, and it often felt as if the U.S. was, quote, one bad compromise away from colonial pipeline, end quote. All right, yeah, nothing like a little fear, uncertainty, and doubt to stoke the flames, Rob Joyce. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame him. I'm sure he was asked a direct question about um, Russia and global energy, <clears throat> but... You know, we're just one one compromise away, like teetering on, you know, like the, the doomsday clock is one stroke to midnight. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, the United States is a first world power with a very advanced cyber capability. Uh, we have an amazing intelligence community uh, in the United States. So I'm, I have no doubt that there are people and programs working to ensure global stability um, and that, you know, threat actors that might try to compromise, um, you know, global stability through attacking the energy sector are kind of held in check. Plus, you've got to remember, you got to remember, guys, like Russia's in the middle of a war, right? I mean, that you don't just like spin up a war like it's a bake sale. I mean, it takes focus, energy, money, time resources and they're entering winter or they're in winter which completely changes the landscape literally uh on how you move you know resources and troops and and munitions and stuff like that it's 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 and i'm i'm being very like objective about what i'm saying it like to take the emotion and and, and like how awful that conflict is just talking about what it takes um a lot of their focus and energy would be on that um, I, you know, I'd even offer up that, that, that satellite story we just read APT 28, uh, fuzzy bear, fu uh, cozy bear, whichever one it was, that's like one of their main APTs. So if the, that government is telling their top tier players to go after that, you'd have to think that there's some 
relationship to the Ukraine conflict that there's some some military value or capacity or resource. Uh, they're not doing it because it's like the weekend and things are slow and they're like, oh, let's just take out the satellite, right? Like there's probably some type of strategic reason behind it. Okay, so Russia's good at that. Um, I, I would say Rob Joyce is correct in this. Uh, Colonial Pipeline, he said Colonial Pipeline is the example. Colonial Pipeline was a major story. They got hit with ransomware. It's important to note, though, that Colonial Pipeline's IT infrastructure got hit with ransomware. Their OT, or operational technology infrastructure, the part of their, the part of Colonial Pipeline's system that actually moves oil down the East Coast, that actually produces gasoline, that wasn't affected. It was like their email and their finance department and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not downplaying the impact of Colonial Pipeline, but it's not like the, it's not like the gas pump stopped flowing fuel. Okay, so, okay, now I'm, I'm trying to downplay this, but at the same time, like we do have a brittle infrastructure. There's a four-year-old vulnerability on a satellite VPN connection. So, yes, if if someone wanted to go ham on us or on any country and take them down, they probably could. But like I said, in my opinion, from what I have seen and from what I've read, um, I have a great book. I'll grab it. Um, I'll grab it after the show when we're jaw jacking. Um, from what I've seen, like, it's kind of like the Cold War was in the 80s. Like, these countries could, like, really jack each other up. But at the same time, it 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 it's such a... Um, it's such a dependent ecosystem that if you jack them all up, they're going to jack you up and it's not going to be good for anyone. And you're introducing a lot of potential trouble and turmoil for yourself by making big decisions. So instead they just kind of move like in the shadows and do like little surgical assaults and, and things like that. Instead of going like taking out, you know, the Texas power grid, like it, it, it doesn't seem like they want to do those type of attacks. I'll grab that book afterwards and show it to you guys. Um, it's a fascinating read. Okay, here we go. Cybercriminals' latest grift, powdered milk and sugar by the truckload. Cybercriminals are increasingly targeting companies in the food and agriculture sector with business email compromise schemes resulting in truckloads of products ending up in scammers' hands. In a joint cybersecurity advisory from the FBI, the Food and Drug Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture released on Thursday, officials warned of the prevalence of BEC scams. In one instance, in August, a supplier received a request for a truckload of sugar on credit from a senior employee at an unnamed U.S. company. The recipient of the request noticed an extra letter in the domain name of the address and, after contacting the company, discovered there was nobody there with that name. But others are not so fortunate. Also in August, a food distributor received an email from a multinational food and beverage company for two truckloads of powdered milk. The request came from the company's chief financial officer and the shipment was sent. But in fact, the email address did have one extra letter in the domain name, and the distributor ended up on the hook for more than $160,000. All right, so check it out. <clears throat> the, the TLDR here is business email compromise or fraudulent fund transfer, as I've heard some people call it, but everybody I know calls it BEC or business email compromise, is a legit crime, a legit threat to your business. Like if you're listening to my voice right now, the business you work at is a legit target for business email compromise. Ransomware is like, you know, the dar the media darling of cybercrime, but business email compromise is a legit like I think I've said this on the channel before. Like ransomware is Michael Jordan, but business email compromise is Scottie Pippen, okay? And if you're under 20 years old, Google it. Uh, I don't have like a more current example uh, that I could share with you to make it right. Like Steph Curry is ransomware and whoever plays next to Steph Curry, whatever. Anyways, it's legit, okay? And I, I really feel like a lot of businesses have this um, concept of like, oh, like I'm not financial services. I All we do here, all we do here is sell powdered milk and sugar. Like who... No, no one's coming after our warehouse of powdered milk and sugar, right? But that's not the case. Any business, I don't care if you're selling uh, rubber dog poop or you're selling powdered milk or you're selling video games, right? Doesn't matter what you sell. You're a business that generates revenue that has access to cashish. And you know what threat actors like? 
Straight cash, homie. They like money. So they will go after you. They don't care. So if you think, or if your executive team doesn't want to invest in cybersecurity because they think, like, who the hell is going to touch us? We we sell pennies, right? Or we're the company that, like, mint, like mints the pennies for the United States. Or we make um, trim line for weed whackers. Who's going to attack us? I'm telling you right now, threat actors don't care. As far as they're concerned, you make widgets. And that's it. It doesn't matter. You make widgets that make money and they want your money. So in this uh, example, re read about business email compromise and educate your staff, especially your chief financial officer. Um, I, I would tell you this, okay? This is a little bit extra information. So get your uh, snake eyes ready because the more you know. What I would do and what I have done in the past is get in, like take this story right here and ask the CFO of your company, unless you work at a giant company and then maybe ask the director of finance or whatever and do each region, ask them if you can be part of their weekly meeting because they definitely have a weekly meeting or at least a monthly meeting. And just, can I have the first three minutes of your team meeting, please? There is a major cybercrime targeting financial people at businesses that I want to share with you. And then just tell them about this. Two minutes. They'll love listening to it because normally they're listening to spreadsheets and you know bar charts. This is sexy. They'll love it. And you'll help educate them. I want to point out that this guy got hit for 160 grand for a typo squatting. They basically registered a domain, like simply cyber with two R's and sent an email pretending to be Jerry, right? Or uh, 600 grand. The average, last I checked, the average business email compromise is $90,000. So if you get hit with this attack, high likelihood, it will be around $90,000 of losses for you. And a lot of businesses will just eat the 90 grand and move on, which totally sucks. But that's the case. I don't want you or your business to get hit with this. This is a legit attack. And it's way easier, frankly, than ransomware. Because you don't have to detonate anything on an endpoint. You literally just email them and they send you money. All right, let's do the mid-roll read. Simply cyber. All right. And now a word from our sponsor, Tynes. Before Tynes, co-founders Owen and Thomas spent 15 years as senior security operators. Frustrated by the inability to solve for the challenges their teams were facing, they built their own solution. Tynes allows security teams to robustly automate mundane repetitive tasks Ooh. without code so they can focus on their most important work. You can visit Tynes.com, that's T-I-N-E-S dot com to learn more. All right. Now, two things. One, I don't normally pull up whatever their sponsor is, <clears throat> but I actually registered with this company coincidentally on Friday. One of their uh, leaders or product people or whatever um, was on the Cybersecurity Cares Telethon, and I actually want to check this out. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing this up because this is something that I'm personally looking at to see if I can introduce some more automations. Guys, I do a lot of different things and I try to introduce automation wherever I can to help me um, uh, get some of my time back so I can then turn around and reinvest it into other projects and stuff like that. Um, so check Tynes out. Um, I do want to say a couple things. One, um, we have confirmed that the instrumental version of Simple Minds does not flag the copyright uh, YouTube uh, thing. So we are going to continue with the Simple Minds instrumental version until further notice. So let's do that. All right. If you're new here, we play Simple Minds <laughs> at the mid-roll. All right, guys. I want to say thank you. Thank you all so very much for... Um, thank you for being here. Thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec for sponsoring the program. Genuinely appreciate it. We're halfway through the show, guys. But if you have been getting value from the show, take the five seconds and hit the like button. I know it sounds cringy to ask for a hit, but it literally changes the way that YouTube puts this show on people's homepages and stuff. And I want everybody that can get value on being able to do their cybersecurity job better and people looking to get into our industry to learn the terminology and meet other great people like you. And the way that we do it is by hitting the like button. So, you know, please hit the like button. 
Now, I want to remind a couple people, you should have got your newsletter this morning. I, I didn't confirm... I didn't confirm I got my newsletter yet, but I assume that the newsletter came out. Nice! George Strasburger. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. George Strasburger, uh, straight killing it. Thanks so much, George. All right, guys, if you're getting the newsletter, all right, Shane Prevost got the newsletter, excellent. Guys, if you want a newsletter written by me, I wrote it yesterday. Uh, it was part of what I was working on. Simplycyber.io slash newsletter will take you to a landing page where you just type in your email address and next Monday you'll get the email from me. It contains three pieces of actionable intel that you can operationalize immediately and be delivering value to your business and make yourself look even more like an all-star at work. Just let me help you, okay? I want to also let everybody know, if you didn't know, the advent of cyber is going on right now with Try Hack Me. It's, it's an advent. It's cool. Day 18 just happened recently. Uh, a lot of people, BSEC has been doing streams of him working through the, um, the tasks. You can do this. This is absolutely free. It's a really, really cool program. And I just want to remind everybody that Day 18 just dropped. And I am super stoked because I am doing day 22. So you will be getting, um, if you're doing the advent of cyber, you're going to get to see this mug uh, in a few days. I'm not going to tell you what room I'm doing or what it's about, but just I'm super pumped that TryHackMe asked me to be part of this program, and I wanted to share it with you. The final thing I want to share with y'all is... I worked a long time this weekend. I've been teasing this for a while. This is the GRC Analyst Masterclass, and I want to point out something. This right here is a new module, NIST Risk Management Framework. I cover the NIST Risk Management Framework in great detail. This is an update to the auditing lab. With a full, I go through and execute an audit on the media protection family in the NIST 853, and you do it too. There's a spreadsheet, the works, and here is an update to the, the risk assessment lab, and it's a continuation of that spreadsheet. We literally open a spreadsheet and we fill out executing a risk assessment. I explain my methodology. Jeremy Williams of the Super Chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Nice. I explain my risk assessment methodology. I explain where objective analysis happens, where subjective analysis happens. You can take the spreadsheet and literally go execute an audit or a risk assessment when you're done with the module, okay? It's an update I've promised for a while. It took me, uh, it, like, it took me about 16 hours. It's not 16 hours of video content, but there's a lot of prep work that has to go into this. Um, so I'll be dropping that later this week. I'm just trying to coordinate between TCM and um, ThreatGen and, and Simply Cyber. So it's, it's not as simple as just posting a video to YouTube, all right? But it's, it's, it's done. It's done. I just need to coordinate the drop, okay? Thank you all, guys. I do this. I do this because I love helping. I love our community, and I love cybersecurity. All right, guys. Let's get back into it, shall we? Facebook ups its RCE bug bounty program. Meta has updated its bug bounty program to offer up to $300,000 to security researchers who report vulnerabilities, allowing attackers to remotely execute code on its mobile apps, the company said on Thursday. In a newsroom post accompanying reports about the threats facing Facebook and Instagram users from spyware and covert information operations, Meta said it had so far this year paid out $2 million in rewards to researchers from more than 45 countries. Out of about 10,000 reports made to the company, Meta offered rewards to more than 750 submissions. The company has paid out more than $16 million for more than 8,500 reports since 2011. Fire. All right. Um, okay, so a couple things here. One, way to go, Facebook, for having a legit... Um, having a legit bug bounty program. I don't know if they run through HackerOne or BugCrowd or one of those, one of those platforms. Usually they do, but... They're offering bounties up to $300,000. Now, obviously, you're not going to get three hundred grand for finding you know, some type of like typo on their website or something like that. But remote code execution is really nasty. Um, if, if you find a vulnerability that is remote code execution, that means you're able to execute or exploit a, a, a bug, right? Well, you found a bug, right? 
and if you exploit the bug, you can execute code on the machine and you don't have to be there. You can do it from the internet, from anywhere in the world. That's what remote code execution is. Now, if you pair it with what level of access do you need? Sometimes you'll hear unauthenticated remote code execution. That's the worst, okay? That means anyone anywhere can go kick a hole in um, in something, okay? Like log for shell uh, or log for, yeah, log for shell. Um, that was a unauthenticated remote code execution, t technically, right? I don't, I didn't really hear anyone executing anything, but you were able to reach in unauthenticated and get um, the log4j module to, to respond to you. Okay, so it's 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 nasty business. That's why they're offering the most uh, money for that bug. It does say that uh, Facebook has paid up to two million dollars this year, um, and Google's awarded eight point seven million. So I guess what all I would say is. Two things. One, if you're looking to like get, you know, kind of stretch your legs, hack a little bit, um, there's tons and tons of businesses, not just Facebook, um, that are offering bug bounty platforms. Anyone can sign up at Hacker One. I'm on Hacker One. I was actually screwing around this weekend um, uh, with learning some tools uh, in hackingamerica.gov, which is a, a client for Hacker One. But you can you can like stretch your legs and learn some stuff. And I want to point out, don't think just because Facebook is massive that oh all the bugs have been found. You've got to remember, oh James Steele with the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, James. You got to remember, guys, these businesses are constantly deploying new technologies, constantly doing configuration changes, constantly, constantly changing stuff. So just because, um someone scanned something yesterday and you are going to like, don't think like, Oh, I'm not going to scan it today. Like, like it's all, like, everybody's already found the low hanging fruit and I'm not really good enough to find it. No, give it a shot, get in there, bang on some stuff because I'm telling you things happen all the time. Like new stuff deploys all the time. Now, the final thing I'll say about this is, um, and, and Mick, Mick Douglas is going to be my guest this Thursday. We could talk about bug bounty programs. It is fun because you can, um, you know, basically give yourself a job uh, and, and, and hack on stuff. But I always find it interesting because of the, what the market economics of uh, bug bounty is, right? Like Facebook, instead of hiring a team of security researchers to hack their stuff, Facebook has, you know, thousands of people worldwide working to find bugs on their system and they only pay them if they find something, right? So for, for Facebook to have only paid out $2 million in rewards this year um, for 10,000 reports, right? You know, it, 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 Facebook's getting wicked cheap labor, basically is what I'm saying. All these companies are getting wicked cheap labor, but the trade-off is that anyone can hack on it. Anyone can kind of like get experience, right? If you're looking for experience in the industry and you don't know how to get it, doing bug bounty is a great way to do it, all right? All right, let's keep rolling and rescue service in Victoria, Australia confirms cyber attack. The acting commissioner of Fire Rescue Victoria, FRV, Gavin Freeman, revealed that the outage was first observed between 4 and 5 a.m. on Thursday. FRV operates 85 fire and rescue stations across the state, an area roughly similar to the combined areas of Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. The cyber attack is affecting most of FRV's systems, including network emails and dispatch. Quote, importantly, community safety has not been compromised and FRV continues to dispatch crews and appliances through mobile phones, pagers and radios, reads a statement published on Friday. Preliminary investigations confirm this has been a cyber attack by an external third party and that FRV systems are impacted, but ransomware has not yet been confirmed. All right, re real quick here. I want to uh, talk about, because I see the chat here about bug bounties. Um, okay, a couple things. One you you okay so kimberly asked if can you make a career out of it or is it a side hustle i will tell you this there are people who make a lot of money and it's like their full-time job however i would almost consider them like celebrities in the space the upper one percent right like jason haddix is really well known and he's a really cool guy and he is like our top security researcher on these platforms but he also has a full-time job right I would say like 99% of people who do bug bounty do not make enough in order to 
um, support a, you know, a normal lifestyle, nothing lavish, just normal lifestyle. Okay. I haven't run the numbers, but like just as a swag, I would say most people, and it's unfortunate because the, you know, obviously these bug bounty platforms want people to get in there. So they promote and, 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 uh, sensationalize the upper 1% and all the huge bounties paid out and stuff like that. But a lot of times, um, you know, bugs, uh, like most people are, aren't finding them. And if they are, they have to go through the reporting process. And sometimes it takes time to get the money. Or as Joel Belton said, sometimes the vendor will say like, oh, that's not a bug. We're not going to pay it. Or they'll say, oh, we've already got that same bug reported to us. So you weren't the first one. So we're not going to do that, etc. So um, I, I, I definitely don't want to misrepresent it. What I'm saying is it's a good opportunity to get professional experience and test some tool, learn some tools on an actual um, network. Like I was messing with GoBuster and Amass. Those are the tools I was using. And instead of building a home lab, I was just trying to research America.gov, the domain, because it's in scope for a hacker one bug bounty program. Okay. That's that. Second thing, fire and rescue services in Victoria, Australia confirmed cyber attack. Um, Australia is getting slapped around. Internal stranger, really sorry. Uh, we'll see if um, they passed this legislation recently that said they're going to fine businesses that suffer cyber attacks. I don't know if this is a business or if this is a public sector thing, but their ability to dispatch. Think of this as a first responder, okay? Jeremy Williams in the house. Think of this as a... a down under uh, paramedics and fire, right? You, you want to be able to dispatch them um, and their systems are jacked up. So they have backup plans. They're using cell phones and, you know, clipboards and whatever like that. All I would say is, what I'd say two things. One, you know, this totally sucks. And I'm kind of curious to see if they get fined or not because of this legislation that just passed. Let's see. Let's see if the legislation has teeth or not, right? Second of all, and this is an important takeaway for people to be mindful of at your business, okay? So this is one of those, like, how do you operationalize this story? They got hit and their main way of, you know, running their business, servicing their clients, which are people who call for help when their house is on fire or they're having a medical emergency, they had a contingency plan. Yes, they're probably not operating at 100%. They're probably not responding as quickly as they would. They're probably not able to send additional help from other you know, stations or provinces or whatever because they don't have the ability to communicate with them effectively. But they do have resiliency and they are able to continue operations just in a depreciated capacity. This is something that you should be mindful of. Whatever it is you do, whatever business you do, right? You should have essentially downtime procedures and you don't have to do it for all of your business, okay? Just focus on whatever the most mission critical aspects of your business are. And it can be tough if you're like Netflix, right? Uh, where like your business is tech or something like that, right? But even Netflix has like other hot sites up so if main Netflix goes down, a hot site automatically goes up. Now they pay through the nose to have that level of availability and resiliency. But my point is, whatever your business is, imagine for a second you get hit with ransomware, right? Or or you know, some your email goes down or whatever. Like whatever it is, how is business operations impacted? There's a thing called a business impact analysis, right? A BIA. It's actually a tool that you use to understand how you develop an actual business continuity plan, a BCP, right? Like these aren't just terms that we read about in a textbook and study for CISP and then we get back to just hacking and cracking on a bug bounty platform. Like business impact analysis, you, by the way, when you do a business impact analysis, you sure as hell, uh, sorry, you sure as crap should not be doing it by yourself. I see cybersecurity professionals doing business impact analysis by themselves or just with the InfoSec team. And it's like, what are you doing? You need to talk to the business. They should be actually providing the inputs on what their processes are and what is important to them and what systems applications are absolutely required in order to achieve their mission, whatever that is. And then start you know, probing like, okay, so what happens if email goes down? What happens if you can't access QuickBooks? What happens if we can't access the payroll system? What happens? How bad is that? How long can we go? Can we issue checks manually? Can the finance department issue paychecks 
if we didn't have access to ADP. Because guess what? If we can't pay our staff, they're not going to be here very long. So we should have some downtime procedure. And I don't care if it's fully fleshed out, but at least think about it, right? So anyways, obviously it sounds like Fire and Rescue did. Down in Victoria. Oi, oi, oi. Good on you. Resilient releases year-end vulnerabilities recap. Released just this morning, Monday, the recap document lists some of the most prominent vulnerabilities of this past year. These include the privilege escalation vulnerabilities Pwn Kit, P-W-N-K-I-T, and Dirty Pipe, the zero-day remote code executions Spring for Shell, Proxy Not Shell, and Spooky SSL, as well as a few others. The report describes these vulnerabilities along with their CVE numbers, features, and of course, recommendations for remediation and mitigation. Last week in... All right, so uh, there was just a little bit of a roundup. Um, no big deal. Like It's like everything else. At the end of the year, there's all sorts of retrospectives like year in review, vulnerabilities year in review, What? and then there's all sorts of like, here's what's happening in 2023. This is just an opportunity for us to reflect and think back and on the major vulnerabilities. Proxy logon, zero logon, um, log for shell, right? Th these are these were some really crappy ones uh, that people had to deal with. Um, I you know I personally didn't have to deal with it. You guys know how I feel. I feel like uh, you know real serious vulnerabilities. Your remote code execution, unauthenticated ones. Um, they should get logos. I know that that's like such a minor minor thing and it almost sounds ridiculous but in order to get picked up from mainstream media having a logo seems to be the thing that the media outlets like to have um we saw and we continue to see uh major issues for microsoft exchange on-prem microsoft desperately wants you to move to office 365. it's good for their business model and frankly, it's good for your business to not have Microsoft Exchange on-prem. There have been major issues, um, major issues. Now, this one was from 2021. You can see by the CVE marker, uh, but they mention it here, probably because it was getting exploited all through 2022. Um, proxy logon, I'm pretty sure proxy logon was like three or four vulnerabilities. And you know that was one where people are like working over the weekend uh, once that vulnerability dropped because it was just nasty business of exploitation. Guys, um, we have a job and we have job security, frankly, because vulnerabilities are going to continue to be discovered. Bug bounty platforms are wholesale finding bugs. Like if you look at, there's a, I've seen pie charts, uh, excuse me, bar charts of like discovered vulnerabilities year over year. And it's just like skyrocketing 2021, 2022. So there's going to be massive vulnerabilities you know, so just whatever. Um, at this point, this is more of us just having like a, having a beer and reflecting of war stories of these vulnerabilities. If these things are still active in your environment, um, <laughs> that's not good. Like you, you should have definitely addressed these vulnerabilities already. These are serious, nasty ones. Okay. Like people getting access to your environment. Okay. Not good. I've never heard of Petite Potam, but anyways, uh, long story short, this is just us having a little bit of a um, nostalgic look back as we you know, sip eggnog and talk about <laughs> 2022. Ransomware. Coordinated reports from Microsoft, Mandiant, Sophos, and Sentinel-1 indicate that multiple threat actors are using malware signed using compromised accounts, including the Hive and Cuba ransomware operations. Clop ransomware was found to be using TrueBot malware for access to networks. Azov ransomware was determined to be a polymorphic wiper. Royal ransomware continued to expand beyond healthcare. Agenda ransomware uses Rust to target more vital industries. A lockbit attack hit California's Department of Finance. The Play ransomware operation claimed an attack on the Belgian city of Antwerp, and Black Cat ransomware attacked EPM, one of the largest energy suppliers in Colombia. If you missed that. All right. So last week in ransomware, no surprise. Some of the bigger stories, Lockbit um, hitting California's Department of Finance. I'm pretty sure California told Lockbit to pound sand that they weren't going to do anything. Uh, Black Cat is another major tier one 
threat actor, uh, believed to be, you know, um, Alpha Black or Black Alpha or whatever, uh, which was previously Dark Side, which was previously Black Matter. I might be getting the order wrong, but basically this this group is a tier one and they just keep changing their name in order to, I, I assume, um, the, the people in the group are changing or... Uh, and this is what I think that they're doing. The reason would be, because if I was a criminal, this is what I would do too. Um, they're changing their name. That way, if they ever get caught, they can be like, oh, that wasn't me. That was Darkseid. And it's like, well, we think it's the same group. And it's like, nope, nope. It's it's kind of like the opposite. If you've ever seen the movie Home Alone, which is quite popular right now because of the holidays, you know, um, the bad guys were the the um, the wet bandits and the, the cops at the end of the movie are like, oh, we know every house you hit because uh, of you know, the wet bandits, all, all the ones that are flooded, uh, you guys did. So we're going to hit you with all of those crimes. I, I really think that these guys are like just changing their name in order to uh, limit the amount of uh, impact if they ever get caught. But that's just a, a working uh, theory based on speculation. Um, so anyways, if this isn't enough information to remind you that Anybody can get hit with ransomware. Threat actors are... Where's my Oprah? Hold on. It's like, here's Oprah. All right. Everybody gets ransomware. Ransomware for you, 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 you. Anyone can get hit with ransomware, guys, okay? You've got to be mindful. And I always tell you, you're not protecting from lockbit ransomware. You're not like, hey, we're going to do a quick um, check of our controls and see if we can protect from royal ransomware. No. What you need is... Basic fundamental cybersecurity foundational stuff, right? And then you need um, to, to, to verify your uh, cyber resiliency, right? Like actually do a tabletop exercise. If you got hit, could you restore? If you got hit, would you pay? If you got hit, what do your executives think, right? You should be having these conversations. And I hope you don't get hit with ransomware personally. I think it's terrible. But... Statistics would indicate you're going to get hit at some point, right? There's a lot of businesses getting hit with ransomware and business email compromise. So you're foolish if you think the likelihood is low because it literally, we have a weekly roundup. That's how often ransomware is hitting us, okay? So be mindful of that. And the threat actors are constantly changing their techniques to make sure that they are uh, continuing to be successful with what their business is, which is dropping ransomware all up in your face. All right. So that's going to do it for the cyber news today. I'm going to play some music. Hold on. I'm going to play some music and uh, tell you about a couple things that I'm working on. Um, but if you're here just for the news, thank you so much. Ran a couple minutes over. Sorry, NCC group and base case. I always, I always think of them as the consumers of the 45 minute show. Guys, really quick, I want to share a couple really cool things. One, later today at 4 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be playing World of Haiku live on stream. If you've come and hung out on the 4 o'clock Monday streams, we play a video game that's cybersecurity uh, education. It's fun. Uh, we have a good time. I, I hang out and jaw jack with you guys, play music. And um, it's fun. So if you want to come hang out 4 p.m. Eastern time later today, I'll be playing this game um, on stream. Okay. Also want to let everybody know um, that my guest, I haven't made the play card yet, but my guest this Thursday is Mick Douglas, uh, SANS instructor, really cool guy. Fun fact, he was the very first um, Simply Cyber guest. My second video I ever made was an interview with Mick Douglas way back in 2019. So it'll be nice. Uh, it'll be nice to see him and catch up. Um, the name of the episode is "Miter Attack Is Not a Silver Bullet." Um, so it'll be more of a fireside chat. But we'll get getting Mick's thoughts on Miter Attack as a tool. What are his thoughts on it? I also want his thoughts on Bug Bounty because I know he's got some strong opinions on that. So it'll be it'll be fun. I also want to remind everybody that. Um, What's this say? Uh, what's the link to the GRC course? Any discounts? No, there's no there's no discounts right now, but I will put a, a link in chat. I haven't dropped the um, I haven't dropped the new content yet. I have to um, I have to coordinate the drop because it's on a couple different platforms. But um, don't oh yeah, I'll get the book in a second. Um, so th thank you um, thank you Tom Bishop. 
Um, yeah. So no, no show next Monday. The, um, that we have the stream later today. Everything's good. Advent of cyber is coming on the 22nd lot, lot going on guys. Um, I, Oh, also I've started doing YouTube shorts with video, uh, news content. I've got some great feedback already initially on that guys. If you've got feedback on what I'm doing, uh, you know, let me know, right. I'm very receptive to, um, to feedback if it is, um, comes from a good place, right? If you just tell me I suck and you don't like my face, like that's, that is feedback, but I can't really do anything with it. Uh, this is the face I've been given. So, but if you're like, oh, hey, like someone actually, uh, I can't remember who now, unfortunately, but somebody messaged me and they're like, oh, like you should put the text on the left side because YouTube actually covers up on the right side some of the stuff so we can't read it. And I was like, all right, that's good feedback. I'll do that. Um, no, no. So Judah Tunes, Judah Tunes, the GRC course, once you buy it, you get it for life. Any updates I make to the GRC course, you will get too. I, I don't, it's not like DLC content that you have to like pay to unlock or something like that. Um, you know, the GRC course is what it is right now. Um, I might, I, I kind of wanted to add a, a video on ISO 27001 and maybe re-record um, the let's learn um, or let's do information security awareness um, video, but like the audit lab and the risk lab were big pieces of content that I've been promising for months and I needed to get it done and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, I am working on a new uh, course. It's like cyber 101 uh, essentially. And that's going to be a huge course. That's like, essentially it will be a college full college semester course offered through simply cyber. And it is designed for, really anyone but if you're looking if you're like oh i want to work in cyber or i need to know more about cyber whatever this course will be comprehensive i will go into detail on all the aspects of cybersecurity. okay so when you're done with the course you should be re really well informed because if you say i want to work in cybersecurity, the next question someone's going to ask you is well what do you want to do and most people are like i don't know like hack i guess is that what you do and it's like no there's so much so much going on um, and you know what? There's a lot of things that people don't tell you in textbooks, right? Like academic slides will not tell you that, you know, corporate governance and culture actually depends on how successful you are on implementing a cybersecurity program. Or it won't tell you in the book that Carl is likely to put shadow IT on his network, right? Or how do you have a conversation with Carl? Like, so I'm going to get into all that. It'll be fun. But dude, that's like, that's probably like 25 to 30 hours of content. And that's just the video content that like, it's, it's almost like four X when you, when you're trying to map out how much time it takes me to develop that content. So that's, that's my big plan for 2023. If, if we're talking, let me go grab this book really quickly and show you guys, uh, please talk, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. Hold on one second. Hold on. Let's get something a little bit peppier, right? It's the holidays, man. There we go. Give me a second. I'll be right back. All right, so guys, it's a bit, it's a bit of a fringe uh, book, not fringe, but like, you know, it's not, this is how they tell me the world ends or sandworm, but this book right here, Scott Jasper's Russian Cyber Operations, very interesting read, okay? It's not that thick, it's a couple hundred pages maybe. What is this? Yeah, 200 pages. Really, oh, Randock Gaming with the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. This book is a little dry, okay? But what you do get out of it is how Russia has approached globally and from a diplomatic perspective, how they... Randock Gaming with another super chat, just dropping bombs over here. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Okay, so it's on Audible, BSEC is saying, so check it out. Like, basically what you get for value out of this 
is that you understand, like guys, Russia has hit Ukraine multiple times before 2022, okay? They shut the power off on Ukraine in 2014. Randock game. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Little, little uh, uh, super chats all over. So Russia took the power grid down in Ukraine in 2014. Why was that not an international, uh, like why was that not considered an act of war, right? The United States did Stuxnet, right? Why was that not? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's confirmed. I think it's confirmed at this point, but why was that not an act of war, right? So this book kind of explains how the United Nations and how the politics and the globe, like it's, this is not a tech book. This explains how the world powers are handling cyber as a military capability and the fact that there's no geopolitical there's no geographical boundary stopping people from going into other people's you know provinces it, it, it's it's fascinating frankly um so th that's just a little um a little side thing i read this book about like two years ago i think i don't know when this was uh yeah osier i i even wrote my name in the book osier 2021 so it's just about a year old great book Give it a shot if you're interested in getting a little bit deeper into the topic. All right, guys, it's been good. It's been fun. I want to thank all of you. Randock Gaming with the super chats dropping bombs. Uh, George with the super chats dropping bombs. Really appreciate it. Guys, it's Monday. I'll be streaming later today. I got some uh, work work to kind of knock out. I will be dropping the GRC content Um no later than Wednesday, okay? No later than Wednesday is my commitment to you. Thank you all. Uh, yep, Tom Bishop, beta testing. I've had a couple people reach out to me at beta testing Cyber 101. Um, I appreciate that. That'll be uh, definitely well received. It's just like, I've got all the content for Cyber 101, like developed, right? I, I've got the slides. I've got um, the, the, the course outline. I've got it. Um, built out in, in the Teachable, which is the platform that delivers the education. I just need to record the videos and then I have to make like quizzes and homeworks and, and you know, like it's it's work, guys. It's it's a lot of work. Um, it's not it's not easy. Oh, actually, um, that's another thing I've totally forgot. Um, we have another video drop today. It's probably happening right now. I just jaw jacked right through it. Right? Oh man, so I missed it. Retail to cyber. Hopefully you guys got value out of it. I did a premiere, I, I missed it. Um, but anyways, if you are interested in retail to cyber, here, put a link in there. Can't believe I missed it. What a donkey I am. This is for Jerry. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. Seriously, what, what, a, what a donkey I am. Guys, I just have so much going on that there's things I do that I just forget about. Uh, so anyways, I did this video, uh, Retail to Cyber. Uh, I talked with uh, Mia Kralowitz. This woman is amazing. Amazing woman. Great story. If you work in retail or you know someone who works in retail that's looking to get in cyber, hop on this, share this video. This is part of my, this is part of my um, video series of basically anyone, anyone Oh, Randock Gaming, thanks so much for the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Genuinely appreciate that. Guys, I have been working my butt off uh, making these videos where anybody from any particular walk of life can get into cyber. Um, retail, religious leader, paramedic, stay-at-home parent, hospitality, food and bev, right? And guess what? I got news for you. I just heard back from my editors. Mechanic to cyber is ready to go. Uh, pharmacy to cyber is ready to go. And there's another one. Oh, marketing, marketing to cyber is ready to go. So I will be posting those soon. Um, we'll do the premiere. It'll be a good time. And, uh, genuinely appreciate all those wonderful people that I have had the opportunity to interview and allow, and, and, and they were willing to share their story and their journey and how they achieved success and how you could do it too. I love this series of videos, by the way, because I am passionate that nobody can say, oh, it's, it's not for me. Like, oh, I, I work in retail. Like I couldn't get into cyber. Oh, I, I work in, I'm a mechanic. I guess I'll just 
you know, scrape my knuckles for the rest of my life because how could I possibly start over? There are stories of how you can do it and I want people to realize that they don't need to start over. There's a lot of transferable skills, all right? So that's what's going on with this. Guys, that's gonna do it for the stream. I wanna thank all of you very, very much. We will see you today at 4 p.m. Eastern time and if you're just into the news, we will see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Cheers, everybody. Whoops, probably going to get a copyright for that. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. We'll see you um, in a bit.